The existentialist philosophers talk about the execution of victim relationship that is always prevalent in most of the world today, especially the non-white world, where they're fighting for their liberation. And he says there are executioners and their victims. The executioners are self-imposed. The victims begin to fight and agitate for their liberation. They use all type of means to get their liberation. The revolutionary philosopher Franz Fanon says that what happens is that the victim begins to agitate. He uses all types of means against his executioner in fighting for a position of equality. After he tries a number of means and they do not work, he then begins to imitate the means by which his executioner has him down. That is usually through force and violence. He says, and then they begin to use it against them, breaking the one taboo that they've never been able to break, hidden back against the executioners, so that you ought not to be upset. If we are violent, the United States taught us very well how to be violent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Boundaries Podcast, where facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, Apple iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Google Play, on Amazon Music. I don't know what it is that you do on Spotify, but whatever it is that you do on Spotify, please go and do that. What's up, Well, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You're tuned into a special broadcast. I like to look at it like true crimes so to speak and i really just want to get to the point no time for shits and giggles although i may crack an occasional laughter here and there but i don't mean to and in the beginning i just want to every i just want everybody to know that you know i'm i'm going to try to be as respectful as i can in this situation because it's not always easy to be emotionless in situations like this based on the fact that somebody did lose a life but jay and i are here today to kind of just look at some facts real quick and hopefully present some things that give people not necessarily a new opinion or new take on this but Hopefully we just shed light on a shed we, we shed enough light on this situation so where people can be like, hey, you know, that is wild. You know, and unfortunately, you know, Jay is a busy man. He has his life is a little bit busier than mine, so he won't be able to dive in as much as I can. So I'm gonna hit him with some things and hopefully his eyes open up and he's like, Oh, you know, damn, that's that's interesting. But long story short, like I said, all all jokes aside, I do believe that this is one of those true crime stories. And today's subject happens to be Breonna Taylor. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead, like I said, and dive into it. So we all we all know that this situation took place in Louisville, Kentucky. We you know that much though, right, Jay? Yes, sir, I do. Okay. Don't know what a lot of people know about Louisville, Kentucky, but 
we can start from there as far as perceptions go. Okay, this took place in Louisville, Kentucky, and based on what you know about Louisville, Kentucky, I think that your bias may shape off of that alone. But yes, this took place in Louisville, Kentucky on March 13, 2020. So we were well into the pandemic when this happened. I think it's important that everybody knows that I kind of want to look at this from a factual perspective based on what I've gathered on multiple news sources. And like for the last three days, that's all I've really been doing. I've been reading and I've been looking at news interviews. I've been on Fox News. I've been on MSNBC, CNN. I looked at the Louisville Courier. I was able to look at, I mean, the Louisville Courier Journal. Uh, I was able to look at the New York Times. And in actuality, I think I want to start off with what the New York Times had to say. And if I do have a chance, I will send this stuff to Jay and he could put it in the show notes. And just for the record, as you're watching, I mean, as you're listening, you probably already see that this is not a very long episode. And I'm saying that so I can hold myself to that. So... First, I'm just going to say that on the last episode, I talked about disinformation, which in the in the case of Breonna Taylor, there is a lot of disinformation or to simplify it, misinformation that is out there that makes this case very, very hard to follow. And I just want to start off by saying at least the first fact that I can give you is that this case was taken up on March 13th. On March 13th, I would say the th- there were three cops specifically that were assigned technically to raid the home of Breonna Taylor. Whether you know it's a home as in it's an apartment complex or a house, for some reason that kind of bothered me because I never knew if that was the case. But once I learned that it was an apartment, it kind of made more sense because I always wanted to understand why they came to the conclusion of the of the charge that he finally received because that was confusing for me. Mm-hmm. So, as we all know, Brett Hakinson was one of the main police officers that was involved in that raid. And this raid was a no-knock raid. It was considered a no-knock warrant the warrant was signed by a judge and I did a lot of digging and I really could not find the name of a judge. It was weird. I don't know why I couldn't find the name of a judge, but I was able to see that when this case was originally assigned, there was a Commonwealth attorney that was assigned to this case. And unfortunately the Commonwealth attorney was reassigned to the, to another case due to the fact that if he would have stayed involved in this case, it would have been conflict of interest. And that's because I want to say his name is Kenneth Walker. Am I, is, am I, does that sound familiar to you? Kenneth Walker? That's, that sounds familiar, Yeah, but Ken, um, I'll Kenneth, do a quick Kenneth Google Walker, while you continue to. That's fine. Kenneth Walker was the boyfriend that was in the house at the time of the raid. And when, okay. Yeah. Jay is confirming that that is his name. And I'm sorry, I don't have notes in front of me. I'm I'm honestly just, this is the stuff I remembered. And I think it just feels more authentic when I do that. So Kenneth Walker 
was the guy that was in the house. His name, uh, from from multiple sources that I've seen, his name was not listed as a threat on the warrant. In actuality, Breonna Taylor's name was on the warrant, and she was lifted. She was listed as a soft target, meaning they didn't think that Breonna Taylor was an immediate threat. And the reason they believe that she wasn't an immediate threat, and this is to me, this is when, in my honest opinion, the case becomes a case that people need to kind of pay attention to and realize, like, this is a really shitty situation. It's a really shitty situation for Brianna Taylor and Kenneth, and it's a shitty situation for these police officers based on the fact that this is one of those this is one of those situations where I, I asked you, Jay, on the last episode, would your job be okay if you only got seventy percent of your audits correct? They would not. They would not be they okay. They would not. Yeah, you know. And no matter what anybody says, these police were playing with fire. They were they were playing with fire. They were playing with fire in a way that if I tell you, hey, you can go play with fire, but then I give you cups of, of oil and gasoline, that's pretty dangerous. But if <laughs> I tell you, go play with fire, and I give you a thick-ass blanket, and I give you water, you're probably better suited to play with this fire, so to speak. It sounds crazy what I'm saying, but I'm just saying, like, you're going into a dangerous situation. You would want to, you would, you want to have the right information. The fact of the matter is, to be honest with you, these cops did have the right information. And when I say they had the right information, they had the right address. They were going in there for Breonna Taylor. But Breonna Taylor technically wasn't the main target. The main target was actually a guy that went by the name of Jamarcus Glover. Jamarcus Glover was the on and off again boyfriend that she had been seeing for a while and Jamarcus Glover is uh not I'm not gonna say a well known drug dealer, but he is a drug dealer. And Breonna Taylor's association with this drug dealer is pretty well document well documented in the New York Times. I wanna say in early January of this year uh, this Mr. Glover gentleman went to jail and the first person that he called was Breonna Taylor and Breonna Taylor on the phone and you know the conversation ended with I love you so these two these two people and, 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 and once again for me it was hilarious because in the New York Times article it basically said that these two people were in an entanglement and, and it was wild because I was like, dang, like they said that they were not in entanglement, but they were entangled. And I just, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm almost certain that that was before straight up. I'm almost certain that that was before the Jada Pickett and Will Smith thing, but either way they were entangled, so to speak. So once again, Breonna Taylor and this Mr. Glover gentleman, they were back and forth and they say that a GPS tracker was placed on his car. And they have proof that this Glover gentleman had been in and out of Breonna Taylor's house in the last few months. And up until his arrest, there was a phone call saying that, um, where, where, where Mr. Glover was basically saying, yeah, she got 14 G's in mind. 
she she keep she keep my she keep my stuff you know like she keep my she keep my money and so to speak she keep my dope another interesting thing is when you hear when you read some of these so so-called transcripts it was funny to me how they kept talking about a trap house what and i mean like why, why do you call them so-called transcripts because i'm just i'm going off of what these articles are saying and okay. i haven't been able to see any official documents where they got this information from and that's what makes this that's what makes this case dangerous because we're relying on the media and if you are familiar with the no boundaries podcast you already know the american media is the enemy of the people and they have always been the enemy of the people so in this particular instance i can only take a lot of this stuff with a grain of salt i don't when i read and i'm trying i don't want to i don't want to input my opinion here but i can understand that somebody can believe that mr glover probably was coerced into saying these things and once you say that you have to you have to put on your tinfoil hat and accept the fact that you are a conspiracy theorist because if you do not believe that mr glover and brianna taylor had some a recent relationship then you are officially a conspiracy theorist that's just a fact of the matter now um thomas b wine the the jefferson county prosecutor uh is the person that they say put out a lot of this information and like I said earlier, people have to remember that the Commonwealth attorney, which I can't remember, I, I want to say it might have been Thomas Wine. It just, his name just came to me. It, 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 he was the prosecutor that got removed, and they end up going with your boy, Kentucky, Kentucky's um, Attorney General Daniel Cameron. Nobody <laughs> why, likes him. Why you put that? Why you put that man on me? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, I gotta put him on you, bro. <laughs> Cause I remember when uh, he was put inside the uh, the group chat, and it was like his edge. They were talking about his edge up. Talking about when you see a guy like this, you know, you know he ain't for you. And dudes that don't care about their edge up, they not for the people. And I thought I thought that was funny. But when I hear him talk, but then I hear him explain himself. Once again, this is where it gets interesting, because in my opinion he's been put into a place that is similar and this is just my analogies are going to be wild today but just imagine you know after you after you leave this planet and you walk up to the pearly gates and you're you're the guy that's standing there the angels like hey you know i gotta check this book before i let you in if you ain't on this book you gotta go downstairs and then that guy is just basically just giving you a message based on what the lord has told him he's like hey well you're not in this book you gotta go down and I feel like, unfortunately, I'm not saying that this man is in like some holier than thou figure, but you do have people in his position that have to make that have to deliver some some really bad news. Yeah. And just getting his background and just like and when I say that, I just want people to understand, like. I would never want to be a police officer. I would never want to be a, a defense attorney, a prosecutor, a judge. I wouldn't want to be any of these people. Like, I wouldn't want to be the type of person that I wouldn't want to be the type of person that wants to that has to deliver bad news. And not only that, I don't want to be in charge of this bad news. And ever since this Daniel Cameron guy has come along, it's pretty safe to say that he's a liar. And that's just my that's that that's my opinion that I unfortunately have to put in there. But I feel like 
it's safe to say that he's a liar because from the beginning, he made it seem as if he, I mean, and, and to quote him, he's like, I'm going to do the best I can. And we're going to make sure that we, we deliver justice. Well, that's where, that's funny to me because what the people want as justice has been loud and clear. And what is that? What, what do they want, Jay? What, what do the people want, Jay? And you, you see it on Instagram and Twitter all day. What do the people want? Quote, unquote, justice. They want the killers of Breonna Taylor to be arrested. There you go. Oprah Winfrey bought a billboard that is in the middle of Louisville, Kentucky, with Breonna Taylor's face on it that basically says that. We want justice. We want the officers that killed Breonna Taylor to be arrested. That's what they want. The reasoning behind their so-called, in my opinion, watering down of the charges is this simple fact. And the simple fact is the ballistics did not match the gun of the officer. I'm going to say it again. Brett Hakinson's gun, his bullet, was not in Breonna Taylor. That's that's the evidence. Those are facts. That is what they're saying, that none of his bullets were in Breonna Taylor. Once again, if you don't believe that, and that's what they're saying are the facts, and you're thinking that those are skewed facts or skewed data or alternative facts, then once again, you are a conspiracy theorist because I'm just letting you know that that's what they're telling the public is the truth. They're saying that the ballistics, when they did the ballistics, the bullets did not match. Also, there is conflicting evidence to say that although this was a no-knock warrant, the officers did announce themselves. They say that the, the officers did knock, they ramped, they, they knocked, and there is, there is when I say conflicting evidence, there are people that's, and, and people need to try to get wrap their hands, wrap their minds around this. The narrative is that Breonna Taylor died in her sleep. But based on what I read, it's looking like she died in the hallway. And that's basically saying that Kenneth Walker and Breonna Taylor did get up. Mm -hmm. Breonna Taylor and Kenneth Walker were aware that police were there because a neighbor, one neighbor, which once again, just as much as you can get a false positive with a COVID, you can, you can get a false positive with, with a witness, yeah. a false identification. But there is a witness, there is a neighbor that says he heard the police yelling, open up, it's the police, it's the police. Something around, something along those lines. And the fact of the matter is the police only start shooting because they were shot at. So when you look at this case and for people that don't know, I mean, obviously the charges were dropped on Kenneth Walker and that's because his shooting was justified. He, he claims he, his life was under threat. So therefore he shot in order to protect his home, which that's fair. The argument is <laughs> it's insane, but the, the argument is always going to be the, 
not even argument. The narrative is the police officers are criminals. They ran into this. They ran into Breonna Taylor's house unannounced. They weren't supposed to be there. And this was a big mistake. They were at the wrong house. I mean, all those things are lies. And I'm just, I just, I just need people to understand all those things are lies. And another thing, I don't know if there's like, there is no proof that Kenneth Walker was a, a criminal or anything like that. At the end of the day, Kenneth Walker is alive because in my honest opinion, once again, insert my opinion, I believe because he was able to shoot, duck, and hide and get the hell out of the way in time. Rat, uh, and, and Breonna Taylor was not. But the fact of the matter is, go ahead. Because Jake. he's accustomed to that life. It's it's a strong possibility. And and once again, see, those are the type of opinions that I wouldn't wouldn't want to insert. But I'm glad that you can that you that you're comfortable saying that. But it all comes back to this. And and, and hold on before ahead, before you get too deep in that, because in my opinion, again, somebody that owns firearms would know that, hey, I need to shoot, duck and cover. I can't just stand out here in the open and shoot and not expect fire to be returned and my whole body be exposed. That's what I would that's what I would assume. Now, I could be wrong, but I would assume that if you have a firearm, you've had any kind of training or any kind of usage with it, you would know that hey, you need to shoot, duck and cover. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I don't want to I want to dial back something real quick. Daniel Cameron, if I'm not mistaken, is supposed to release audio or something. There, there's already a lot of stuff that's 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 pissing people off about there not being any body cam cameras around. But my belief is the reason that there were no body cameras is because if they were in plain clothes, then that's probably why there isn't any body cameras around. But if you go on Vice, Vice TV does have footage of the night that that happened. Once again, Vice TV does have footage of the night that that happened. They have footage of Kenneth Walker being arrested, him being threatened with dogs, with dogs. So my belief is if they were in plain clothes, that's probably why they didn't have uh, body cameras on them. But Kenneth Walker supposedly has admitted that he heard knocking and pounding on the door for 30 to 45 seconds. So not only did Kenneth Walker say he heard pounding on the door for 30 to 45 seconds, but also a neighbor heard it too. So I'm just saying, you got two neighbors saying it, and to me, I mean, you got not two, you got you got Kenneth saying and a neighbor saying it. You got two people kind of corroborating that fact that although it was a no-knock warrant, it's a possibility the police officers did actually knock, and also some some factual through the grapevine evidence that's out there is the people that train these cops, like there is a guy that trained these cops that was interviewed. And he says like, yeah, I know a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys were involved in a raid 18 months before that was a botched raid where they raided a house because at that time they did get the wrong information. Nobody was killed, but a lot of, a lot of people were traumatized by that event. Mm -hmm. And some of these same people were there they had body camera footage and when they did that raid you could hear them yelling you could hear them knocking on the door they they threw the flashbang in there but once again nobody was killed and 
There is no fact. There's no facts out there that say they went to the wrong house. All I know is nobody was killed. It didn't look like anybody was arrested, and they were operating off of a tip. So it's a good chance that just some somebody that's just some, on some whole shit probably didn't like somebody in that house and was like, "Hey, man, they selling dope out this house," and that's that's a possibility of why that happened. And they off operating off that tip. Also on Vice. They they try to once again they try to kind of skew it to make it seem like it was only uh, oh somebody was selling weed at the house. I think it was more of a somebody snitched and said this was a drug house, this is a trap house. So the the cops decided they was gonna raid it. But anyways, I'm just pointing out that this 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 is somewhat of a common occurrence with the with the Louis with the Louisville Police Department, unfortunately. I mean, 18 months may sound like a long time, but damn, you 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 basically get it wrong twice in in a span of less than two years. I mean, that's that's pretty bad. Uh, and then, unfortunately, somebody loses their life. Mm-hmm. But the one another thing that I didn't like about the attorney general was that he tried to make it seem in the beginning like you know, hey, this is a tragedy where somebody lost their life, but there's really no one to blame. Like, he really said that. And I'm just like, once again, it's interesting to me that the judge is not taking any accountability on this. And at this point, you have one officer that's being charged with everything but murdering Breonna Taylor. But, like I said, if they did do ballistics and they did not find any bullets that match his gun, that is interesting. So when you think about that, if you did ballistics and you didn't find any bullets that match his gun and she was shot, it's almost like you got a due process of elimination. Uh huh. If the police didn't shoot her and her boyfriend was the only other person in there with a gun. Now, and, and, and I'm and I don't know this, I'm not even, you know, putting a conspiracy theory out there, but I'm saying, you know, where did the bullets come from? is this this isn't the magic bullet that killed jfk straight up i mean even straight we up. even know where that where that came from oh yeah oh yeah so oh, that that's yeah. what that's what i'm thinking like you know what what isn't what is it being said what kind of deal you know what's going on behind doors and everything like that and again i'm not well read on this i've heard as i mentioned to you i've heard very different stories all throughout and you've given me the most in-depth story that i've heard thus far Like you said, bro, magic bullet. And I'm I'm just trying to get get to a point where I can like sort of wrap things up. But like I said, it, it's it's gonna be hard because it comes back to Daniel Cameron. And I don't know if people understand what. Do you know what an attorney general's job is, Jay? <sighs> no, I haven't watched Law and Order. I haven't watched Law and Order in a while. I I don't. No, that's, that's a district that's attorney. That's a DA. So yeah, no, I don't at all. Yeah, that's dis- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the attorney general is really the, he, he's the top. I would say the top law enforcer of the state. He's more along the lines of he's a lawyer for the government. So Makes sense. no matter if this guy was white, Mexican, black, female, male, his job, in all honesty, is really to protect the government. But at the same time, he will prosecute anybody that is in front of the government 
with charges. So no matter how you see this guy, you know, that people talk about, you know, all skin folk, ain't you kin folk, like they call him a coon. I don't care about any of that. Because at the end of the day, no matter who this person is, he's not going to be on your side. Because once again, his conditioning, his rule book is to follow everything by the law as far as, in my opinion, once again, as the law is like, he's going to follow everything by the law as the evidence is presented to him. But that doesn't mean... Once again, tenfold hat. That doesn't mean that the data in front of him cannot be skewed by him. Because he's the one that overall can say, you know, I'm not releasing this data. I don't believe the I don't believe the public needs to see this data yet. And lo and behold, that's what he's doing right now. Cause like I said, I was I was gonna wait to do this episode because I wanted to hear the audio that was going to be released, but I, I searched and searched and couldn't find the audio. So I automatically have to assume that it hasn't been released. So it comes back to Daniel Cameron and you, everybody has to remember that Daniel Cameron was really inserted into this case to really be, he was, I would say mess control. He was put into it to be the fall guy because he probably was promised some, high-ranking Washington job later on and he's like fuck it you know I'm going I'm I'll do what it need I'll do what needs to be done to get this raise so people just need to see the facts the the facts are your your biggest enemy right now is the lack of information that you're able to to really see and and go off of based on the fact that Daniel Cameron is not allowing that uh there was even a grand juror that was like, hey, I want to speak out. And Daniel Cameron is like, yeah, that's fine. But then, once again, I searched and searched, and the grand juror never spoke out. I don't see the grand juror speaking out. And you might go on YouTube and see some guys talking about they're involved in the case and know some things, but you can't believe them because they probably just clout chasing. So the grand scheme is this case is really, really wild at this point because no matter what anybody says it's always going to come back to the murder of Breonna Taylor was not justified and they're going to look at it from a perspective of why did she have to lose her life in a raid that they believe should have never happened but once again as you look at the facts the raid was supposed to happen it happened and it just happened in the wrong way. That, like I said, Breonna Taylor was a soft target. She was a quote-unquote soft target, and it's a strong possibility that the ex-boyfriend was coerced into putting her into the picture, but there is hardcore evidence out there that they say, once again, I haven't seen it, but they say that there is footage out there that says that they saw Breonna Taylor coming out of the trap house with packages, they saw the uh, the Jamarcus Glover guy uh, coming out of Breonna Taylor's house within like maybe not too long before the raid, and to me this is the one thing I want people to kind of relate. People can relate to this, but and this is another thing that was conflicting for me because they say that there's that 
that Breonna Taylor, that Kenneth Walker says that, you know, hey, I heard knocking on the door 30 to 45 seconds or whatever. And then there's they're saying that when Kenneth Walker was interviewed, and this this blew my mind, they said that, so why did you shoot? And they said, well, shit, I thought it was her ex trying to break in. I thought it was her ex trying to come in. I'm telling you, like, that's... And, and I don't want to be, you know, the the dude spreading the rumors, but this information is out there. Like, I mean, but even 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 to to his his defense, somebody breaking in, I'm shooting. Uh, understood. I understand. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna wait around and ask questions. If somebody coming in unannounced, they're not supposed to be there. I'm not. You didn't yes, come in, and, and and again, if if somebody said, "Hey, they announced that they were the police and they identified themselves," that's something different. But if they didn't identify themselves and you just busting in here, I'm shooting first. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> if I if I was to really just look at the big picture on this thing, and even after all the information, I know that the information was kind of scattered. But like now that I don't have to really focus on the internal investigation anymore. I, I just want people to, to look at it from this perspective or, you know, you could choose to look at it from whatever perspective you want. But when I really look at this case, this is a case to me that is typical of inner city blacks. I hate to say it, but this is typical shit. And this is, to me, it's a sad case of being affiliated which you really shouldn't be affiliated with because I know that it annoys you when people talk about George Floyd's arrest record because you know that in the back of your mind that's still not a, a justifiable, justifiable reason to kill a man and I know that I know that annoys you and, and because you don't up, you don't pull up that, in the position of judge jury and executioner that's not that's not your role you don't so that that's what annoys me and it's and it's always in hindsight that you pull that up like oh after george floyd was dead you bring up oh well he you know pushed a pregnant woman down the stairs and he you know sold dope and he was a porn star and all this other stuff like well you didn't know that in the moment and even if you did know that in the moment that doesn't give you the right to kill him because that's not your job your job is to arrest the jury's job is to is to sentence. I mean, not sentence, but to convict. Then they sentence. Like that's not your that's not your role in the justice system. Definitely, definitely, I agree. I agree. Um, so yeah, just and just moving on to Breonna Taylor. Like I said, I just think it's unfortunate that her death kind of comes in the face of just being affiliated with the wrong crowd and I know as a parent myself that it sucks when you see you know people that and she just like people always say you know you can't you can't control who you fall in with and it just happens to be that it, it kind of seems like this is a love triangle situation that nobody really wants to talk about that's why I was kind of eager to talk about this case because after you know talking about or whatever with Chris Watts fool ass, I thought that as I as I started to unfold more about this case, I'm like, damn, this is a similar situation based on the fact that once again this is a love triangle and the person that ends up losing her life again is a woman. And the woman happened to lose her life because in all honesty, she was entangled in a situation that 
she really wasn't prepared for because if she was as prepared as Kenneth Walker, then she may still be alive today. But this is a young 26-year-old girl, like 26-year-old woman. And that that this generation, that, that age group, like, I mean, I, I can't really even pick on that age group because once again, I really feel like this is typical behavior in the black community. You have these good girls that like these bad boys, and it, and and sometimes it just doesn't go the right way. It just doesn't end well. So, I just really hope that people take the time to actually just like look at the details of this case, see how they can relate to these, how they can relate to this case, and if they can relate to it a little bit too much, I think personally they should remove themselves from any situation that makes them even think about, oh man, I'm in something similar to this. You know what I mean? Like, this this isn't being in Brianna Brianna Taylor's situation is not cute. That shit is not. That's not what's up. And once again, it's really unfortunate that she was messing with some. In my opinion, she was messing with a dumb hood nigga, and she was also messing with a cat that really put. I personally feel Kenneth Walker is is to blame just as much as as those police officers because. Although his actions were warranted, I mean, damn, you couldn't you couldn't make sure that that Brianna was good because my, my that's like that's like for me that's like one of the questions that like keep nagging at me. It's like, damn, like what was Brianna doing at this moment? Did Kenneth even like try to ensure that she was okay? Like, did he tell her, hey, duck for cover? We we I got this, or did he just start bucking and? Yes, these cops, these cops were cowards. Like these cops didn't even fully come into the house. They start shooting through a window. They start shooting through a glass door. Some of the cops didn't even fully make it all the way through. They really start just shooting. And and I'm gonna end on this note. For people that's wondering why it's wanton endangerment that he that he's being convicted with, it's because when you're just shooting willy nilly into an apartment. You got to understand that there are other apartments, apartment buildings and apartment complexes that you're putting at risk. And I believe he shot through two or three other apartments and he put those people in danger. So for his wanton endangerment charge, he's facing one to five years for every charge. Yeah, it's some bullshit. But the fact of the matter is when it comes down to convicting him and actually charging him, that is what's going to be the easiest to convict. Because right now, I'm going to say it again, the ballistics do not match his gun. And the conspiracy theorists out there that know about this little nugget that I'm going to drop, the PIU did come to the scene after the shooting, which is, I believe, the public the, the public integrity unit. They came to the scene, and I believe their main job is to make sure that everything is in order. Nothing's tampered with. Nothing's fucked with. But people are saying that there is camera evidence out there that Hakinson came back to the scene. So did Hakinson come back to the scene to remove the bullet from Brianna's body body? (laughs) That's a, that's a deep dive right there. That's a deep dive. I'm just saying, but it's, that's why this case is unique. And the people that talk about this case, get emotional and all they really can think about is damn this girl died for nothing 
and they get you get more and more angry at your government because you, your government isn't stepping in to to really bring justice. Your government is telling you shit like we're gonna do what we can to uphold the law and blah blah blah. But at the end of the day, I hate to break it to to everybody out there that's listening. You're not gonna get the justice that you want. So that 12 million that the family received, they that that's they probably gonna have to be happy with that because. I personally do not see this officer really getting life or anything like that. I just, I just don't see it. Like we've said numerous but, times, uh, really, the justice system isn't designed for us. So when things like this happen, you know, everybody's like, man, you know, we're not going to get justice for Breonna Taylor. We're not just going to get justice for Breonna Taylor. It's because what they did as far as entering the house and the no recourse in, in along the in the lines of active duty or whatever that rule is that's the law so it's not against the law what they did now it's like okay now the laws are changing so basically Breonna Taylor kind of ended up being a mortar because like now the law is changing. Oh yeah, you can't do this. No knock warrant. They still didn't change the thing. The thing about you know you can't convict a cop for you know killing somebody in active duty or whatever. But the laws aren't built for us to win. And I'm not. And I'm I'm saying that as black people. And I'm saying that as people who aren't in law enforcement. The laws aren't designed for you to win. The laws are designed for you to stay in line. So when you get out of line, it's set up for you to be punished. So, you know, like when I remember speaking to you when the verdict came down, you were like, I'm not surprised. And I wasn't either. And I remember this from going through the whole George Zimmerman thing, because I I call I was talking to one of my homegirls when the verdict came out and we were we were on total opposite sides. And because to me, it was like, okay, he went out there. He picked this fight, basically got his ass beat, then decided, I'm going to let this thing ring off. And she felt like, you know, he was in his right to defend himself. And I was like, yeah, defend yourself. But you wouldn't pick this fight even after being directed not to. But the laws are designed in a certain way where that stand your ground, stand your, stand your ground law was applicable. And that's how he got off. Mm -hmm. So it's not about mm -hmm. and you just can't go in there and say, all right, well, this is the law, but. But fuck this, the the public outrage is just so much that we're going to go against what the law says. Then why have a law if you're going to if you're going to put it in a, in a state of gray? You exactly. can't you can't do it's that. And, and and it sucks. I'm not gonna lie, it, it sucks. But at that point, at that moment, that's what the law and the books were. Like in Texas, you can still be hanged for um, stealing a horse. That's law is still on the books. So if somebody wants to enforce that, I think you told me that. That's wild. Yeah. So if somebody wants to enforce that, they could. And you could say, man, that's fucked up. You know, that's lynching, this, that, and the other. But the law is the law. Yeah. And yeah, and, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that the law is righteous. I'm not saying the law is the Bible. You know, but I'm saying you know you had some people way back when just sitting around making up shit, and the shit is still there. Shit's still there. The shit is the shit will be there until people people want to care, pretend to care, and then they finally you know some outrage is taken up you know taken about. But yeah, it's there, man. It's there. It's it's a lot about this case that makes me just think to myself like, you know, we as a society, we just we 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 have to see 
the reality for what it is. And this is the reality that the laws that are in this country, no matter how progressive they may seem, because we've come a long way in this country, but the laws, like you just said, they're really just designed to keep you in line. But you have to, as an individual, put yourself in, in a position to to really just avoid this shit. Like, I, I don't... I'm the, I'm I'm of the mindset of man. I ain't trying to fuck with them people. I don't I don't have time for them people, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm trying to avoid them people by all costs, man. Like I just I ain't got time for it. So, like I said, man. I know this episode probably was a little scattered, but I'm just in a sense just I would like to be the voice of reason and just let people understand that, you know, it, it, that 12 million, like I said, might be that might be the best that you're gonna get as far as justice. And the dude might do might end up doing five, ten, maybe do fifteen years, but I I don't see the conviction that people think they're gonna get. And you can you can flip out, you can burn down shit all you want. That's only just, in my opinion, gonna gonna make people like Daniel Cameron just be more and more of a of a of a character that you want to assassinate. But um. I, like I said, man, this this love triangle of uh, like it just it just sucks when you read, you know, hey, you know, Breonna Taylor, her family and friends was like, yeah, she was back and forth with this guy. She bailed him out of jail a couple of times, and like, it just sucks to read things like that. Oh yeah. Because once again, it doesn't just. You say what? No, it was, go ahead, finish. I got another point I want to make. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I'm just saying, like, it just sucks to read things like that, and uh, I, I'm really done. At this point, I just once again just just really wanted to just kind of be a voice of reason, because I kind of got lost into the case, but then it got to the point where it was like, I I, just, I don't I don't see a happy ending, and that's 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 all I gotta say. I don't see a happy ending. And the, and the thing also that I was thinking about when you were saying that about how she got caught up with that guy and from knowing from where roughly where you're from and from where I'm from, there there are people that didn't quote unquote escape that we know definitely like we know we know to be frank we know criminals <laughs> to this day for sure and it's kind of like hey maybe this was you know a long time friend your high school junior high boyfriend that you just always kept in touch with you know you became a public servant and he continued to serve the public and so you know, he just never turned that corner. It's like, yeah, there's, there's people I've known in my whole life. I still fuck with them. But at the same time, I never, you know, turned that corner of, of cutting those, those quote unquote bad habits out of my life. For sure. For sure. For sure. Every, everybody don't make it out. It's just bottom line. Like I said, it's, it's a sad story and it has, it's, it's multiple things about this story that, that that is it just saddens you even more and more. But like I said, um, <laughs> just trying to be the voice of reason, but just putting it out there, man. You guys are gonna be pissed off every time something like this happens, and it really comes down to we need a fundamental change within society, as well as fundamental changes in the way laws are enacted. But once again, 
just 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 prepare for the worst on this one, ladies and gentlemen. And um, that's really all I got. I hope we were able to provide some enlightening information to some people that may have not may have they they may just know the emotional side of the case, meaning she died, cops broke in, justice. That that's probably all they know. But I, I personally think, you know, as No Boundaries Podcast, I didn't want to be one of those people that was just like kinda like just skipping over the fact that like this is this is a wild case, like in my opinion, like this is in you're you're talking about just ha- this happened in March and the, the custom the, the 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 family already pretty much settled out and got money and I'm like, yeah, we call those concessions, but when you look at the facts of this case, that might be the best you're gonna get. Yeah. So that's that's that on that, bro. Uh, I appreciate you sitting here just letting me ramble off, but uh, if you find out something new, man, and when we jump back on the regular broadcast, you know, let me know. But that's that's what I found out, and. Um, in the end, I, I think I think Daniel Cameron is is a, is a, is a real shitty guy, and I, I feel I really hope that it it, w- it was worth it. That, that's what I would tell him if I saw him in person. I'm like, bro, I hope it's worth it. That's all I would tell him. But yeah, that's that's all I got, bro. You got any anything? No, I'm good, man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, this has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But, ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?